You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast. Let's talk about. Okay, there we do. How are you doing, people? How are you? How are you? It's eight o'clock. It's Tuesday evening, uh, which means one thing. Um, it's the Sports Therapy Association podcast uh, recorded live normally on Facebook, but unfortunately because of um, Facebook changing its algorithms every kind of two weeks, then uh, we can't go out to Facebook live tonight. So we are going out solely to YouTube. Um, but normally, if you want to join us live, then you can either go to the Sports Therapy Association Facebook page and you'll find a link there or you can go to YouTube as well. Tonight, it's just via YouTube. So I'm very keen to see uh, people start coming in via YouTube. And if you do come in and join us, um, then uh, you are welcome to leave comments. Comments will come up um, onto the page. Um, obviously, you can't appreciate this if you listen to the podcast. But Catherine Reimer has just come in. Hello from YouTube. Sounds like it's miles away. So Catherine's here and I can bring that up. Hey, Catherine, thanks for coming. Oh, nice photo. This is the other thing as well. Networking is great. You can bring up your logo, company logo. Or like Catherine, you can bring up a picture of somebody who has just done some hand painting. Um, so it's totally up to you. But great to have you along. Um, obviously, if you listen to the podcast, that's amazing as well. Thank you for downloading it, listening to it. Do please subscribe so you get a notification. We are out every week. We've been out for 86 weeks. Um, started up originally because of COVID and soft tissue therapists needing to talk to each other, which is one of the kind of the benefits of COVID. We've all come together now as a fantastic group, which is very good for not just the industry, but also the patient. Um, and uh, we've continued. We haven't stopped. We've got no plans to stop either. Um, one thing we have changed, if this is new to you, is we've started doing a topic per month. Um, so, for example, in January, the topic was um, CrossFit. And we had uh, some excellent guests coming in to talk about uh, CrossFit, about the myths, the misconceptions, how to recognize um, if your client is getting injured for particular reasons, who to recommend they go to to see, how to tell if a CrossFit gym is kind of with good coaches or maybe a little bit old school. Um, and it was fantastic. In February, where we are now, we have now moved to the topic women's health. Um, and last week, in case you missed it, in 86, uh, we were joined by Dr. Fiona Higgs and Debs Thurlow Rowley, who um, talked to us about a fantastic new project they've coming, actually, which is involving a podcast as well, um, Women in Sports Therapy, or WIST, as it shall now be known, hashtag WIST. Um, and they broke down um, a little introduction to women's health, basically, and why it's so such an important topic for um, any gender of therapist to be aware of, to recognize, to ask questions, which you might feel a little bit kind of tabooy um, and you don't think it's relevant, but it so is. Um, and between the two of them, they did a grand job in explaining that to us through personal experience and through people they've seen. And there's full details. If you ever want to see show notes for the episodes and go along to um, the STA website, which is the STA.co.uk, or you can go to, along to um, our host Podbean. All the show notes are there with links to relevant websites, a little bit of details about the guests, etc., etc. So there we go. People are still coming in. I'm so glad you found YouTube, Facebook people. Um, it seems to be working okay. So I'm just going to say quickly hello to Sabrina Monaghan. Thanks for joining us, Sabrina. Glad you found us. Uh, Melissa Bond has said hello. Hello, Melissa. Thanks for joining us. Um, oh, this floodgates are open now. Works on YouTube. Who needs your Facebook? Just, just break down again, will you? And just die. That's a bit much but anyway becky carroll uh, nice to see you, becky glad you made it in and louise acre here as well the regulars the founders fantastic great to see you all. and gary benson's here as well gary um founder of the sta is with us as well so if you've got any questions grab gary now while you can rather than ringing him at midnight 
Right. So women's health part two. Very excited to bring up one of the leading educators in the game. And we're going to be talking about the menu transition. And I've just been talking off air with this person um, about holding my hands up, basically saying, right, I've got no questions. Just educate me, educate me and the listeners. Okay. Everything I've kind of think I know is probably wrong. Um, but obviously it's a, it's a hugely important topic and part of women's health. Um, and Jenny Burrell of Burrell Education is going to come up now um, and tell us all about it. Um, so it's going to be a heavy one. If you're listening live or listening to the podcast and get your pen and paper ready. Remember, this is free CPD. And if you are a member of the STA, then you can write in uh, and put this down as part of your STA uh, CPD. Uh, just send a little um, note to uh, Gary and just say, look, I listened to that hour and I picked this up. Done. Okay. Why don't pay for all these courses? There are courses out there which are amazing, but don't forget the free stuff as well. Right. That's it. So without further ado, um, remember, if you've got questions, people, just bring them up on screen. I've told Jenny she can stop me and say, oh, there's a good question there from Catherine. Becky, relying on you as always, bring them up. But now I shall bring up Jenny Barrow. Hey, Jenny, how are you doing? Hello, I am fantastic. That's great. <laughs> how lovely. I believe it as well. You sound fantastic. That's good to hear. Um, thanks so much for joining us. First time on the podcast, which is amazing. Um, but, but we've obviously, I think some of the members of... Um, not maybe has anyone done here done a course from Bowel Education let me know if you have if you're joining us but I know I've spoken to people who have fantastically good reputation um, which how do I say this um, it's nothing new is it you've been around you've been around for a while haven't you been in the game for a bit <laughs> okay okay <laughs> um, 2007 Borough Education was born on the 27th of February 2007 22nd this 27th of oh, February. Oh, 7th, right. I was going to say, 26th is my birthday. Oh, so we're coming out to a birthday then, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Happy birthday Big in birthday. advance then. How exciting. Yeah, yeah it's um, it's always fun when I have to say how long someone's been around, but it's kind of, it is a, is a compliment um, because, um, yeah, well, as we talk about now, you've probably seen a lot of changes, both in what you're saying and what people are receptive to and what we're talking about. So, um, so yeah, very excited. For people who don't know about Burrell Education, then I'd love you to share a little bit of how it started up, how you got into women's health, um, how, why you saw that as a topic that needed education. So yeah, take it away. Um, so I sort of straddled two worlds, which is fitness, wellness, women's wellness, and soft tissue therapy. So originally I started with one postnatal um, course in the back room of a fitness first on fitness first. Uh, Tottenham Court Road. I know it well. <laughs> Had one uh, postnatal course um, and then that continued. Um, I unfortunately I got unwell when I was about 39 40 and ended up having a hysterectomy when I was 40 and that really changed my emphasis from being working in fitness primarily to then education and that's when I really put both feet in the circle of borough education um, and so really, since that point, really the last 10 years, I've been full on with education. But um, yeah, Best Borough Education is unashamedly an education company um, led by women. It's uh, virtually all female staff and all the courses are um, support 
professionals who want to work in women's health. So pregnancy, movement, wellness, birth prep, postnatal, the same uh, movement, wellness, pelvic health. So we have a pelvic health program called Holistic Core Store. Um, and then in terms of soft tissue therapy, then we have um, education for diastasis rehab, scar rehab, um, hysterectomy and C-section recovery and pregnancy. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'll tell you what, I mean, we were just talking about the pandemic, you know, I mm. was very glad to have the fitness movement education, the online courses when the pan- pandemic hit. I and um, there's one thing that I've always said to everybody taking the soft tissue therapy courses with us is that, you know, we're actually soft tissue therapy therapists are part of that wellness continuum that involves movement. So whenever, you know, whenever someone just takes a soft tissue therapy course, it's just like, yeah, but what about the movement? And many of the people who um, have learned with borough education also have a movement certification and they were able to really zig that zag in the pandemic and serve people through movement, um, you know, via Zoom. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's very useful to hear. I mean, that's how this whole podcast was kind of born, really, about people suddenly having a common problem, which is a great way of bringing people together. Just, yeah. you know, you've got the same problem. Suddenly people start talking. Whilst things are going good, people don't talk. No, 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 no. You're my competition. I've got a problem. Please help. So we kind of, that's how it came into it. And that's kind of one of the benefits, isn't it? COVID. It's kind of really changed our industry for the better, yeah. which ultimately, like you say, is, is if we're all kind of working together, then it's going to provide a better service for the client. Melissa Bond here um, has um, said, I am one of the graduates from Jenny's soft tissue therapy course. And she, I can see in, in her yeah. writing she said that with uh, great passion and happiness thanks for sharing melissa yeah, um true. Tottenham court road where well, i did my ymca fitness instructor there in 95 <laughs> right at the end there beautiful part of the world How God, that's taking me back <laughs> smashing um becky cowley just said zig that zag stealing that she does that becky yeah careful <laughs> what you said there's anything patented um one thing i must say from your website barrel education is it just barrel education or is there a hyphen in there i can't remember barrel education no, no. education.com yeah. it's again i like pointing this out to therapists we are going to have a business month um at some point i'm not sure when and i like pointing this out i was saying this with michaela breeze um the um olympian coach and olympian herself twice um, when I see something which is just a lovely website or lovely feed, then I point it out. And your website, again, it's it's the language. It exudes like, yes, we are together and we're going to solve it. I love the, the way you say we're going to – I'm paraphrasing it. It's not advertising, but we help female clients or women both in the good times and the bad times, which mm-hmm. I thought was really powerful. Because if you're mm-hmm. going to work with someone, you need to be supporting there for both. Yeah, we can jo- rejoice yeah. and you've got your PBs, but we're going to also be a team when it's not so bad because that's life, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. It's, a, it's a great website. And definitely, apart from the education and the and the aspects there, go and see how it's laid out. It's really nicely done. It's really friendly. Um, I don't know who does your website, maybe yourself or maybe you've got but it's a good show. <laughs> well, actually, I'm just about to um, relaunch it. it. <laughs> All right. It's so old. It's so old. When I look at it, I mean, it's, it's incredible to hear you say that because when I look at it, I'm like, God, this is so old. It's the so, words, though. It's the it's the way you're communicating. I just like it. For, I suppose it's a personal thing. That looks good. It's good. Um, right. So we are talking about the Menno transition and off air, I was kind of saying, right, you're about education. It's got it in the name there. Educate me. Yeah. Um, I know a little bit, but I want you to start off. A lot of the people 
um, especially listening to the podcast, um, they probably don't know much more than you get a little bit hot. Can you open the window, please? That's probably as far as the knowledge goes, particularly the men, you know? Yeah. And there's more to it than that, isn't there? Yeah, of course. And um, that, this meno transition, the menopause transition, well, we've got perimenopause sort of before we've got the actual menopause is that you haven't had a, a bleed. You haven't menstruated for one year. And the day after that one year, you are now into postmenopause, and then you're in postmenopause till the end of your life. So really, you could be experiencing those endocrine, those hormonal fluctuations, you know, from kind of mid to late thirties till the end. <laughs> the end. So the meno transition is, well, for most women, like the the vast majority of her life which and, yeah which kind of makes it straight away you've brought it to is very significant because it's it's ch- changing the person basically once you get endocrine system involved in hormones then you're changing mm. a lot of it is, is how you how, how everything's going to work together you in the title we've said we're going to focus particularly today on implications for soft tissue mm. so where should we start with that? What should we be aware of if we are identifying? Well, actually, no, before we do that, how, how do you identify? Do you, in your experience, you have lots of people doing your courses. Do you think it's it's a question that's being asked enough, as in, are you currently in the menopause? Or what stage of it are you in the menopause transition? Or do you think it's being glided over and therapists are not considering it? Yeah, therapists aren't considering it. I, knew de- I know definitely in every piece of education that I've done, nobody, you know, that's not part of the screening form. Mm. And obviously now we are in, you know, the spotlight is on menopause. And now that we get a chance to change that conversation and definitely within my business, you know, that conversation is changing. That course that Melissa Bond did Mm. is a level three entry level uh, qualification through a female lens it's for professionals who want that first step who are going to be primarily working with women so we speak to what is changing in women's body right through the perinatal journey to the postmenopausal journey as well as you know the PIR and the STR and all the other METs mm-hmm. but we we have to speak to the changes in their endocrine system that then impact their connective tissue um, system because that's actually pretty huge. Mm. And you don't know what you don't know. And, you know, I'm including myself in that because, you know, 20 years ago when this was not an issue for me, um, yeah, I was as well possibly one of those just kind of skating over that, you know, still putting on the bed heater for a 50-year-old woman. Mm-hmm. Bad move, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think um that's one of the reasons why it's not addressed? It's because obviously there's a lot of therapists out there, all the guys to start off, but a lot of the girls are younger and they're not going for themselves, so they just don't even consider it. If it's something like menstruation and that sort of thing and things linked with that, then there's kind of that associative and they know what it's like. But with the menopause, yeah. you don't know it until you're there, like you just said. Yeah. Or maybe you don't really care about it until mm you're there and hopefully what will happen is 
actually this conversation that we're having now it will continue to flourish and grow and then people who are now 30 and 40 they will like me still be here into their 50s and 60s I don't think I will even want to be working still when I'm 60 but still you know they'll be here in when it's when they're in menopause and so then this conversation will be more uh normalized and I think it's okay we're 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 catching up. We're catching up. Um, nothing kind of happens before it's time. But I just think that if we're having the menopause conversation now and women are in their 30s, well, then we'll definitely be having this in 20 years time when those women are in the menopause years. Yeah. Would you like to see I mean, there's a lot of talk now. We we're having a little mention off air that a lot of the traditional syllabuses which people are doing is still very old fashioned. We're very much behind in a lot of respects with with traditional exams which are putting people through is for um, sports massage even sports degrees depending on which university you've gone to we've had professors saying you know what pick university wisely have a chat have a chat with the teachers because a lot of them are just living old stuff mm. um would you like to see the menopause conversation kind of built into syllabuses do you think it should really put in there from an from an early level oh of course of course this is this is nuts. We're talking that we're talking about gluteal tendinopathies, plantar fasciitis, Achilles tendinosis, um, heel pain, de Quervain's, de Quervain syndrome, frozen shoulder, fibromyalgia, back pain, hip pain, knee pain. <laughs> Literally, that's the laundry list for things that are happening to postmenopausal women or or women in the menopause transition because of estrogen depletion. Okay, so so we're getting into it now. So in the sense that if somebody comes to your clinic and they're suffering from any of those, which kind of covers a very broad spectrum, if you're not asking the right questions and linking it potentially to something which is to do with the transition, what could you be missing or what advice could you be giving out or not giving out that, that could make a big difference if you did identify this? Well, we sort of touched on this when we were talking before um, recording in that just having somebody say to you, well, um, see, I had a gluteal tendinopathy. I was telling you off camera that I had um, breast cancer in 2020. Now, obviously, then you uh, to go through breast cancer treatment, then you have a shed load of radiation and because it was the pandemic i had my 25 doses of radiation in five five literally you are on fire and we all know that radiation is like a you know it's a big dose of inflammation you are literally hot physically hot um and during so obviously well not obviously maybe some people can't see me um I'm menopausal I'm 52 and then so that's already an inflammatory state we then add on 25 doses of radiation delivered in five massive doses and I am literally a walking ball of inflammation. I then develop this gluteal tendinopathy, which then means I'm hobbling around as well as everything else. So if, you know, obviously I could do my research for myself, but if 
I had gone for soft tissue therapy and somebody and I hadn't been who I am. And somebody says, oh, well, the reason possibly why you've got the gluteal tendinopathy is that um, A, you're menopausal, B, you've just been bombarded uh, with the red radiation, which increases inflammation. And then what I had done as well, when I was feeling a bit stronger, I'd been doing a workout and the workout had involved curtsy lunges. OK, so that's quite a stress on the lateral hip, isn't it? Mm. Um, and just somebody saying to me, had I not known what I'd known, that, well, the radiation is inflammation and menopause is an inflammatory state. And if you haven't been doing um, a certain exercise regularly and now you throw in something that's a bit challenging, it's going to be challenging to your body in a different way, then that could then cause that uh, tendinopathy. And then the other thing that would be just would have been just wonderful to hear. And guess what? And now because of your inflamed state, this is possibly going to take longer to heal than any other injury you've ever had. So I'm going to ask you to be patient. I'm going to ask you to employ uh, anti-inflammatory nutrition and lifestyle protocol and do the exercises. And guess what? You'll come right eventually. But this will possibly be a big, this will be a long healer. That's really interesting because, yeah, if you that's one of the things we've talked about before, you, you need to give the clients a true indication of how long it's going to take so they can estimate the journey. I think a lot of people feel like they're hot potatoes because no one's actually said, you know what, this is going to probably take 10 to 12 weeks before you're actually yeah. back to your chosen activity. If they were told that in the beginning, they can start planning. It's when yeah, they that, get this, you know. And that's where I was, actually, you know, literally about 12 mm. weeks. I have never been out for 12 weeks ever mm. but literally it took ages for me to get well so I think that is really important because if I was working with a sports therapist or a physio and they say you know what Jenny this is going to take you like 12 weeks because you are literally <laughs> Uh, the poster girl for inflammation right now and um yeah do the exercises do the homework get, improve your sleep your hydration all of those manage your stress all of those are anti-inflammatory um as well so the lifestyle protocol if somebody said that to me that would be really really helpful mm. and i not known what i had known that 12 weeks would have been like murder for an active person would um so obviously yeah you're indicating how long it's going to take the person what would you change so you mentioned like the curtsy exercises which for gluteal tendinopathy might be a bit controversial anyway because you're kind of jabbing that hip bone into the into the tendon whether you've got menopause or radiation or whatever but yeah. how do you so you're saying to what extent obviously it depends on the individual but are you saying that you still give exercises but really dial back on on the load or the frequency or are you saying that in some cases just a case of saying you need to rest this out and kind of not push your system at all or how do you decide um well i definitely look at somebody's movement history um 
but I would possibly say that I did too much because I was I was just a bit stressed out you know we were in the pandemic you had all of the other you know had my illness going on Mm. and I just wanted to work out I just wanted to work out Mm. you know so I possibly did too much but no you know movement now becomes a complete non-negotiable in um in in the menopause transition you know there is there literally is no space to be sedentary here right literally movement is the magic is literally the magic pill we're going to come back in that we're going to talk about the magic pill in a second we've got some questions coming through yeah um, and thanks people for the questions this is great um it's opening up some nice admissions as well i love this from Catherine reimer um i'll read it out for people who listen to the podcast um should there be certain questions we should ask on our forms prior to seeing our clients patients i ask about pregnancy but never thought to ask questions regarding mm-hmm. menopause i think this is going to be common Catherine, and, and thank you for your honesty yeah. we're only as good as the questions that are on our kind of crib sheet and eventually, once we ask questions, they come naturally. But, yeah, what sort of questions should you be asking or people be adding to their parkies until it becomes natural? Yeah, actually, um, Catherine, and that's a huge question. Absolutely. Um, we should be asking where a woman is in the menopause transition because the estrogen deficiency or estrogen depletion will uh, – literally creates an inflammatory environment and that then impacts um, um, the the response to exercise, the recovery to exercise, and also the chronologically, we then have a decline in collagen and elastin production. So all of those things then add up to um, the things like I can see down below um, a comment from Leslie about frozen shoulder or just women having stiff shoulders. So all of those kind of tendinopathy and um, um, what's his name? Thomas Myers says, are we are we aging or are you just drying out? And I think that's a bit cruel, but what we find is that we get a lot of stiffness and a lot of sticky joints that then become painful and we lose mobility and range of motion. Okay. Yeah. Um, So yeah, great question, Catherine. Interesting. Um, I would say, yes, ask about uh, where they are on that menopause journey um, I would also ask, are they taking HRT? Because that will make a difference. And I would also ask, even if it's a woman in her 50s, I'd ask about her um, reproductive journey. So has she been pregnant? Has she birthed children? Does she have C-section scars? Um, did she have any pelvic injuries like uh, episiotomies or tears during birthing so all of those so we know that all of that um all of those adhesions and fibrotic tissues you know they don't kind of uh, get switched off um after after the birth those will continue to develop and change and mutate throughout a woman's um lifespan so you could have somebody who had a baby 20 years ago who then develops, you know, back pain, hip pain because of the continued proliferation of that C-section scar tissue. That's important. So I would want to know, you know, even if that woman's 50, 60, even 70, I want to know, 
how many children she had, how she had them, and any scars, any tears. Yeah, uh, absolutely. There we go. So, yeah, so lots of things. I mean, I love it. In 87 episodes, I think we've definitely added a, at least half a page to most people's kind of like question sheets. <laughs> and that's what it needs to be. And and this is one of the things about evolving, isn't it? There's nothing embarrassing about that, which is why I love Catherine asking the question, because yeah. it should be normal that we're trying to tweak. Even if we've been in the industry for 10 years, you know, the questionnaire should be changed as we sort of learn and, and put the weight of uh, importance elsewhere. So, yeah, great question, Catherine. Um, um, Leslie Campbell. Yeah, go yeah. on, sorry. No, no, you're, you, Leslie says, <laughs> I've lost count of the amount of menopausal women I see with sore, sore shoulders. But I have to tell you, Leslie, you know, when I was looking through the research, the amount of things that I saw saying um, menopause does not cause frozen shoulder. Um, and then it says, who will, who's affected by a frozen shoulder? Women, women in uh, ages 35 to 65, you know, that's the menopause transition. Um, and consequently, the, I mean, there just hasn't been the research, there isn't the data. But we, as you said, Leslie, we all see women in their 50s with achy, immobile, frozen shoulders. That's interesting what you just said, because, I mean, we know we've, we've heard from um, with the other um, female health physiotherapists and pelvic health physiotherapists that the research is very limited and the studies are limited and needs to be more done. But you mentioned there that there was contradicting mm. evidence. So what's that? What's that why, why is that? Why do you think? What's that about? Is it because the, the data is just not done in a realistic way or they're ignoring populations or what's going on with that, do you think? All right, bit controversial. <laughs> oh, I think great. If, we love if controversy. women were doing the research, we would have found the link oh, and we would be writing that up. That's what oh. I wanted. That's what I wanted. Yeah, Come on. Um, yeah that's great. Yeah. So, this do you yeah. think is one of the problems? A lot of the research has been done by guys um, and they've missed. Go on, you can say it. Yeah, for time immemorial. <laughs> for time immemorial. The research is done by guys on guys. Um, a lot of the education is written by men. A yeah, lot yeah. of the education is attended by men. You know, it, it, it will change. But the mm. thing is, you don't get many women my age still in the industry as educators. And, and that's kind of it, really. So. I think it'll always be male dominated, to be honest. Um, I think women get to a certain age and you just think you have better things to do than sort of sit in the cut and thrust of business. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's an interesting point. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the nature nurture thing, isn't it? It's whether, yeah, that's exactly what you said. But it's getting better, isn't it? I mean, with the running industry, you know, it wasn't so long ago where they didn't even consider different injuries for female athletes compared to male athletes. It's only once you had kind of fantastic running researchers um, getting involved um, that suddenly it was like, hold on, we need to sample these populations and look at gender differences. And it's the same in, in lots now. Some fantastic yeah. scientists getting involved in sleep absolutely. and nutrition and all these things. So, yeah, absolutely. And I'm not, I'm not bagging men. I'm just saying it, it, that. that's factual. We're, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. speaking about the fact of where we are. Um, right, I'm just going to refresh this page because the comments are frozen on that a little bit. Catherine, I love your comment, but I just need to refresh this for a second. <coughs> uh, let's reload that. 
There we go. I should hide that message from the screen. There we go. Um, so let's have a look here. This is a fantastic question coming in here. So yeah, future family fitness. Let's bring that up here if you're okay with some more questions, Jenny. So hi, Nina here. Hi, Nina. Thanks for joining us. Are we saying that during menopause, we are generally prone to more inflammation? So all soft tissue problems, or is there a list that comes up more often? Um, yes, yes. Uh, menopause is an inflammatory state. Uh, estrogen decline then leads to an increase in inflammation, systemic inflammation. Yes. Okay, so it's always to take into account um, that there's going to be a double trouble. If is it is it linked to like for example the gluteal tendinopathy um, or the sore shoulders? Is it? Are you more prone to certain injuries? I don't know whether any studies have been done, or is it just? anything you overdo you're more likely to suffer from the consequences so you just got to be a bit more careful well i couldn't see anything that spoke to uh, you know certain injury injuries being more prevalent but there is an increase in any any um any condition that is is underpinned by um inflammation so rheumatoid arthritis osteoarthritis mm. And definitely a lot of um, fibromyalgia as well, you know, okay. in those in in that perimenopause to postmenopause transition. Yeah, very interesting. Um, Leslie Campbell's come back with us to read it out for people who can't see the screen. But uh, Leslie Campbell says, but also I'm absolutely positive they would find some degeneration in my shoulder if they took a scan. But I know it's hormones. Mm. So yeah, we've talked about this as well, isn't it? Unless you and this is a good point actually well done leslie yeah if you weren't considering the menopause you probably go down the traditional route of getting a scan they find some generation and they say that's the reason for it so mm. they would find a false um, kind of correlation and not address the real problem mm. um is it a problem is there any solutions we've got a problem here yeah what can we do you mentioned dietary changes yeah which absolutely is interesting. so um in our education, we're very focused on, yes, information about um, HRT. And definitely, if your estrogen is being depleted, and I say that it's being depleted naturally, because, you know, who wants to be fecund and possibly pregnant when you're 55? Nobody. So, you know, there's a natural and understandable decline. But if you were to take HRT, um, I did actually pull up a because I did um, obviously a presentation and there are um, there's a great bank of study that shows things like the heel pain and the and the plantar fasciitis and many of those issues that we talked about being corrected or improved when people uh women take hrt so hrt and replenishing your estrogen is uh, for many women a great solution but then um you know having combating that inflammation that systemic inflammation by applying an anti-inflammatory nutrition and lifestyle protocol is like a big deal there's so much we can do for ourselves and that involves you know movement hydration uh, improving your sleep hygiene less stress you know all of those things are catabolic and and inflammatory to the system so um yeah, paying big attention to obviously nutrition as well. And 
in all in all, just taking really super, super care of yourself. That will ease a lot of the issues that women experience. But then there are also like supplements beyond HRT as well. There's great, quite a lot of science between increasing, um, about increasing omega fatty acids, uh, magnesium, vitamin D3 and K2, and even supplementing collagen as well and vitamin C to improve uh, connective tissue health. Yeah. There's um based on what you're saying, there's a question here which kind of crosses over from Becky. That's nice. Is is can you is there anything you can do before the transition starts to make uh, the effect? less um, especially if you're already suffering from some kind of inflammatory ailment before that stage in life mm. yeah well then actually that there's a quite a big movement at the moment to sort of not be trying to uh, close the stable door after the horse has bolted mm. but for women to be having this mindset this anti-inflammatory lifestyle mindset in the perimenopause years so in your 30s and start thinking about that then um as a means as better um having a better postmenopausal journey yeah absolutely okay yeah so looking at early on is there any way and, and again i might be showing my ignorance here but is the age that these transitions are going to start the different stages is it sometimes um genetic are you likely to follow kind of your mother or grandmother or is there any way you can tell when they're going to start in life, or is it totally dependent of what's happened to other members of your family? Uh, yeah, there is actually quite a lot of uh, research as to um, your menopausal symptoms and when they actually begin. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, um, women that um, didn't have kids so I never I'm a nulli paris I didn't have children my son is adopted um so that seems to be against one in terms of your your experience of menopause as well and there seems to be some correlation between um how your mother experienced menopause and how you will experience menopause. So there seems to be some correlation, but I think epigenetics, you know, what you do with your body overrides any kind of, um, um, you know, genetic link to your, your mother. Sounds very interesting. Um, how do you find one thing I often ask, when we're giving out new information like this and kind of evolving as practitioners, do you, do you find that you have to kind of explain to people scope of practice and not giving advice based on what you ask questions? And how do you know when you need to actually send this person to a specialist, depending on their replies and who would you send them to? Well, I think if somebody asked you, um, should they take HRT? Mm. I would definitely say it was out of scope of practice mm -hmm. to give them a definitive answer. Mm. With everything I know, I would not give somebody a definitive answer. I would say you have to go to a specialist and that information has to be bespoke to you and your history. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, so I definitely feel that um, giving anybody information um, about HRT is most likely out of our scope of practice. I definitely think, though, there's a conversation about um, nutrition and the basics of anti-inflammatory nutrition and lifestyle that I think that's totally within the scope of practice of a soft tissue therapist. You know, we work with the body. How could we never have an opinion on what ideal and supportive nutrition is? I think every soft tissue within all of my courses, there's, you know, nutrition that's supportive, uh, supportive nutrition for uh, soft, soft tissue health or you know there's always that component of every single course I believe that that we can't say that we're part of the wellness industry or the health industry and never talk about um, whether somebody is dehydrated or, or, or not mm-hmm. I don't think and yeah. I don't think that's given nutrition advice that's kind of uh, I think that's just good housekeeping I think that's literally common sense if somebody says, yeah, I never drink water. And then as we're working on them, you know, we feel that they're really like sticky and and um, yeah, de- the tissue feels dehydrated. Why ever would we not say that? Why ever mm-hmm. would we not bring that to their attention that actually part of them feeling free and mobile in their body is related to their hydration status? So what would be what would be some red flags where somebody comes in and you start this conversation mm. and they kind of say some things because you've opened the door, opened Pandora's box a little bit. And they thought, mm. oh, I'm really impressed that you asked me about this. Here we go. What are some of the things you need to look out for? You go, right, it's, it's interesting you should say this. Here's a card or go and have a chat with this person here because you don't I don't want I don't want to leave today and ignore this. It's, it's worth a conversation. So what are some of the yeah, red flags which would stimulate that recommendation? Ah, um, well, when we're talking connective tissue and the changes during this meno transition, well, they can also affect uh, the genitourinary tract, you know, mm-hmm. women's um, pelvic health. And so say if you had a client and and she was confirmed as being menopausal and then she said, oh, gosh, yeah, I, I'm not sleeping well at the moment. And you said, oh, why aren't you sleeping well? Oh, because I'm getting up three times a night for a wee. Mm. Okay, for me, that's just like, boom. Okay, you do realise that, you know, your um, your bladder function changes, you know, your pelvic health changes during uh, the meno transition. And actually, there are specialists, there are women's health physiotherapists who can help you with that. I think many people wouldn't even know that there's such a thing as a woman's health physiotherapist at mm-hmm. all. And so, yeah, that would be an ideal um, here. Um, here's some information of where you can locate one, both via the NHS or privately. Yeah, I think things like that pelvic health mm-hmm. in the menopause somebody might only mention that because yeah i'm up four times a night you know for a wee and these are things which a lot of people i remember we were talking to emma brockwell she kind of suggested that she thinks a lot of harm can be done by these adverts with various liners or devices which kind of allow this person to continue with this kind mm. of like um incontinence wherever it is and she says mm. that can and the adverts all out there oh don't worry wear this and i'm free as a bird and i can do what i like and yeah. she's thinking no 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 no. you need to go and talk to somebody don't just kind of like 
fan the fire. So do you find that can happen sometimes with uh, menopause and the transition that there's kind of loads of buy this and you'll be fine where really they should go and talk to someone? Yeah, totally. Well, there's industries created to um, to encourage women to keep buying the product instead, you know, put it in a plaster. I also put it in a plaster over cancer instead mm. of actually going and dealing deeply with the issue. But also many of the things that affect women, um, you know, cause a lot of shame and embarrassment as well. And there definitely is definitely in terms of the meno transition, a feeling for many women of, you know, God, my body is like breaking down. I'm in bits, you know, nothing seems to work well anymore. And are wanting to keep that to oneself as opposed to um, going and seeking help. Mm-hmm. Um and there's an awful lot, I guess, again, because people who are going through um, the menopause and the various stages, they're going to feel like, I just need a massage. I need to lie down for now. I need to get away from it. And mm-hmm. they're kind of like thinking that will sort it out when really if they're asked the right questions, um, then they could actually be given some direction. You need to go and talk to this person. We're going to see them a lot of the time, first of all, aren't we? Because we're famous for kind of making people feel good. Yeah, but actually, I have to say um, to anyone who is uh, uh, working at the moment, having an attracting and having an offering that is pointed directly to women who are a bit stressed and a bit tired and a bit meat in the sandwich. A lot of women in the 50s have got uh 20 year olds that can't or won't leave home and then they've got aged parents you know they are very much squeezed you know having a service whereby you point that to them a come lie down service i think that's incredibly powerful that's hugely valuable you're doing like a service to the nation great you know um, a solid problem solving if necessary therapeutic deeply healing soft tissue therapy i mean i have literally one of those every friday for 90 minutes at mm. half past one <laughs> it can't that, see the days <laughs> a service to the nation that is and yeah, yeah, you know yeah. there are definitely menopausal women that are going to pay for that so it's fantastic um, to know yeah and but they don't realize that they could benefit fit from it yeah so massive target audience out there need to be directing your efforts <laughs> towards people there's another business card gary benson's famous for saying get a business card for each of your clients to show your usp and hand it out the right places so now you need the 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 uh yeah the men transition business card absolutely um, so yeah. all of my um my students and i encourage them to do a you know a, <clears throat> a service that's pointed at uh, busy moms so a, mm-hmm. a nice little daytime massage while kids kids are at school definitely the over 50 woman Mm. um yeah absolutely great advice and of course if they and that's exactly what your courses do they can educate therapists to bolt on to what they've already learned traditionally to be able to offer these services and have confidence in delivering something that's going to help yeah absolutely absolutely i've seen um affinity Mm. body works clinical soft tissue therapist very late to the party after work i'll catch the recording from my own experience hrt has helped my grumbling shoulder issues i always question around hormones and direct to reputable 
sources. sources. And uh, absolutely, absolutely. And in my um, in my Facebook group, we have a list of um hrt specialists and you're only allowed to add to that list if you physically have had direct um experience of that specialist um so it's not just kind of oh i hear somebody there can help yeah but absolutely always go with a personal um recommendation you must know the professional that you're referring to and i think have experience of them I think that's important. Great advice. Um, just pointing out here for people who can't see the comments, Gary Benson um, has just mentioned here, there is a future web chat planned with nutritional specialists talking about inflammatory responses, histamine and intolerances. So that is on its way. Becky says, very much looking forward to that, Gary. A um, question here from Louise Aker. Um, Louise asks, would a woman in her 70s still be going through postmenopause? That's kind of linked to what you said at the beginning, but I think I know what your answer is going to be to that. Um, yes, because hormones don't kind of just switch off. And I remember speaking to, and being quite stunned speaking to my mother-in-law, who's 83, who said, who said she still had the odd hot flash. And I was like, you are kidding me. (laughs) (laughs) She's just winding you up. She's not that type of person. But but, yeah, so there isn't just like an off switch, you know, you know you're not just suddenly dead to the world. Oh, I'm 70, boom. So there is there are still fluctuations, albeit less dramatic. Less dramatic. Um Leslie's come back here with a comment. Leslie says, um, see if we looked at the whole picture and educated from puberty, then women would be more in tune with their cycle, which would then lead on to later life. Exactly. So, you know, there's a big movement as well at the same time of, of this menopause literacy literacy to um uh, there's also a movement um to support period literacy and uh, menstrual literacy as well and i saw leslie campbell writing that diane danzabrick now she's done a lot of work uh, diane has um to help improve legislation around menopause especially in the workplace and yeah so she does consultations but also her website which is make menopause matters also has a lot of information as does the menopause society as well okay we'll make sure that goes into the show notes any important links we mentioned doing here will be in the show notes um and leslie mentions an app here fit our woman app um, are you familiar with that particular app? No, used I'm for... not. Oh, apps can apps be useful? We know that. I mean, last week, um, yeah. Deb's third early was talking about get a period app. You know, tr- mm. follow it, see any irregularities that are happening. It's really important. Yeah. Can the same thing be said for when you're going through menopause? Are there useful apps out there you're aware of? Um, not that I'm aware of. Mm. Um, but I. St- I think having an awareness of where you are and, um, you know, once your periods have stopped, they have stopped generally. But things like if you had not bled for a year and a half and then your periods resume or you have a bleed, you know, that very much needs to be um, checked out. So that needs clinical attention. So being aware of these kind of, you know, occult bleeds, um, that's 
you know, it can be a sign of something more serious. Talking of clinical attention, Leslie doesn't hold back. Leslie says, I bought my menopausal vagina book for one of my 70-year-old clients. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Can't say I've read it. Is that a famous book on the shelf? That Yeah, um, yeah? absolutely. absolutely. And actually, that's a really good book that is actually My Menopausal Vagina. And it's about uh, a woman who had a significant amount of bother and um, has done a great service to the planet in sharing her bother and educating a lot of women. And I think, you know, the more the, the more women who... Um, who sort of buck the trend for being ashamed or, you know, just keeping these issues to themselves. The more we can just speak out, uh, the more we help others. You know, all, most of my work, you know, the pelvic floor programme, you know, after that uh, hysterectomy at 40, you know, I became incontinent. And that was why I uh, made that programme, because um, as a soft tissue therapist, thank God, I was had a deeper awareness of my body. And I was like thinking, I wonder if these pelvic floor exercises where I'm just clenching and squeezing, I wonder if I should be doing something more. And I didn't have the language be uh, before. I didn't have the language then, which was we needed to integrate the pelvic floor to the whole, the rest of the body. We needed to increase in, include respiration we needed to include movement we needed to include movement of the complete fascial system I didn't have that language but I definitely thought squeezing and clenching one's undercarriage was not going to cut it if I wanted to then go and run right and so then I created a movement-based pelvic floor exercise program let's so, talk a little bit about that um an idea share some of the exercises or is it very variable depending on the client but yeah what are the what's involved in these movement movement based yeah. pelvic floor exercises mm. so there is a continuum and i call it the kegel continuum so we start off with a kegel which is the locate say uh your anterior pelvic floor so um also think posterior imagine you want to stop passing gas find uh that mechanism so it's like a squeeze of the anus and then you kind of lift up from the anus okay so we've got that and then we need to move along a continuum so we have uh, first the kegel then add a visualization because we know things work better when we can visualize so i don't know i've got my uh, i can see a friend there called um blueberries and jellyfish so imagine like a jellyfish you want to sort of um you know there's that pulse and that lifting up so maybe add that visualization then we add respiration to the pelvic floor activation so as we're activating the pelvic floor that tension and that lift add an exhale with that mm -hmm. and then we add fascial tension so now we bring in the biotensegrity model and we create some tension by pulling uh, a resistance band so we're okay. speaking to the abdominals via the arm lines and then we add some functional movements. So now we add a coming out of a squat while we pull the band, exhale, lift the pelvic floor. And then we have a pelvic floor that is prepared for movement. For real movement, yeah, rather <laughs> than, yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, and all of this is available on the courses. Is there you put a little bit of movement into everything or are there movement-specific courses you offer? 
um we have um yeah there's movement uh specific courses and then we have holistic core store which is a pelvic floor integrated pelvic floor program um and yeah and even in the new massage courses that are being created so there's this information in the scar therapy course because again if we're rehabbing scars then we are abdominal scars for women then we are rehabbing the core which means we are rehabbing respiration as well and so as part of those courses we not, we tie it all up together we we reintegrate the whole core do you get many guys on your courses and do no. you want them <laughs> same answer no 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 that's not true um no i don't get many guys on the courses and yes i do want them i do i want them to feel that if they are working with women's bodies mm. then they need to know about women's bodies it, you know and in in a cruder sense if you're going to take women's monies you should know money but you should know about their bodies is that controversial no i think that's okay you get away with that <laughs> um yeah i'm sure it's fine i'm not i don't think it could be ready no, no, but honestly though yeah yeah no it's fine no it's true i would just uh, i think you linking take taking money. you need to know about my body yeah yeah you need yeah to know how my body is different from your body definitely so yeah so i mean it's because we're always talking about i mean generalizing but i think guys probably only the first few times are going to find it a little bit weird asking these questions particularly if they don't know the comeback it's all very well saying oh are you uh reading it out in the peri um menopause at the moment they go yes why and you're like oh i don't know i'm just saying what's on my park you i don't know I didn't realize you're gonna say yes so it's really useful if they do get some kind of follow-up to um, being able to answer the question if the door is opened. So I guess they could get that from the cause now, from your course. Yeah, but if are you are you in the menopause transition? Are you in menopause? Are you post-menopausal? Mm. You know, for sure, if somebody is um, nearly fifty, over fifty, they're possibly you know that that that's going to be true for them and. Um, there definitely will be some estrogen decline. There will definitely will be some increase in systemic inflammation. And so you can then start to deduce that possibly that heel pain and the deterioration of somebody's uh, fat pad in their heel is linked to that endocrine status. I don't really think that um, you need to now become a menopause specialist. I think it's just about acknowledging that a change in a woman's endocrine system impacts her connective tissue systemically. How do you, how do you avoid it turning into um, the woman who's come to see you feeling kind of rejecting her body and the stuff she's going through and adding to a sensation that my body's just giving up on me. I'm going to have this inflammation all my life now. How do you manage to cancel that when you're highlighting the fact that this pain in your heel is because of the hormonal changes, etc.? Mm. It's like I'm looking for a silver lining. Yeah, yeah, yeah you've got heightened <laughs> inflammation, and that's what they call the heel pain. And it's uh, yeah, it's going to be there until um, till the day you die. But <laughs> Guess what? Um, lower heating bills. I don't know. What are you going to say? There's got to be something which is going to kind of 
it hasn't got well, to be forever. Yeah. There's loads of stuff you can do to make it better, is it? Is that the idea if you tackle it the Absolutely. right way? Absolutely. So there then becomes, the, there's a big conversation, and definitely in my world, there's a conversation about the menopause being a rites of passage, a normal a normal occurrence in a woman's lifespan. And it is definitely a new epoch, a new epoch that requires a woman to kind of pause and take stock and then begin again in, in a new way that supports these new needs of her body. So it's kind of like if you are in this life phase and you still want to eat and drink like you're 25, mm. we're going to have a problem, you know, eat, you know, and in terms of like your sleep hygiene and your stress levels. So in my world, you know, definitely we are revering this life phase. Yes, it's troublesome because modern life is, is, is fairly toxic. You know, the environment, the food, you know, the stresses, the unreasonable stresses that a woman of a certain age is under because of just the way we live and the way the world is. But there is still a place where we can think of menopause as actually a really, a really powerful space to be. I was saying to you before we, we switched on the recording, you know, you know, women over 50 are both powerful terrifying and dangerous because suddenly you come into your own there's so much goodness um across the tracks here there's so much goodness and yeah there are certain things that can be bothersome but those bother bothersome things i believe are pushing us to take deeper care of ourselves yeah, so, that's exactly what I was going lack for. That's healthcare that we seem to have experienced the um, negative symptoms more, more. That's brilliant. Um, yeah, that's exactly what I was kind of like I needed because it must be a really troublesome time. And we always worry about, We I think, I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been Becky from Massage Collective, Becky de Mornay, who kind of said, every time a client comes to see us, when they leave, we want them to feel more confident with their body, more robust to understand how strong the human body and magnificent it is in terms of recovery and how magical it is. As long as we give it the right load and the right, we look after it, it's incredibly strong, stronger than steel in half the places of the body. So yeah, I was just worrying about recognizing the menopause and we've talked a lot about kind of how it can interfere with, it can cause inflammation, make you more vulnerable in a certain extent. But yeah, what you've just said, beautiful. If if you need like a follow up script because you've got sad looking people in the clinic, just go back to this um, <laughs> and let that last that minute and a half was beautiful. That was uh, that's exactly what you'd need. Very powerful. I like the pause thing as well. That's not that obvious as well. It is a pause, which means it is a transition. It's not mm. going downhill. It's just changing. It's a new the, epoch. And, yeah, I like it. And the power and the yeah, beautiful, really nice. Mm. Um, I can see that as being a really important thing, which wouldn't come naturally until people have heard you say it and put it the way you did. So really good. Mm. All right, we've got time for a few more questions. We have gone over nine. Um, da -da 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 -da. Oh, I, I love Leslie Campbell. She said, get whatever shit <laughs> is troubling you sorted out before you hit perimenopause, because that's, <laughs> that's where the shit will keep you awake at 3 a.m. lol well actually 
yeah, I'm lolling right along. That is so true. It is so true. It is a time for reckoning. I have done so much sifting and sorting and getting rid of in this phase. Um, it's, but it definitely is a, a phase where you want to be traveling light. It's definitely a time of throwing off excess. Yeah, I, I'm so with you, Leslie. Right on, sister. <laughs> there you go. Powerful. <laughs> Leslie must be over 50. I don't know. I'm not going to say anything. I don't know how old you are, Leslie, but you sound like a powerful woman. Dangerous, powerful woman. Um, Louise Akers <laughs> said, this is amazing knowledge and information. Thank you. I'm hoping to work more in women's health, given how many women I treat and I want to help. Mm. Beautiful. Well, if that's your takeaway from this, then um, our work is done. It's great to well, hear. Well, actually, I, can I put, is Gary still here? I'd like to put Gary on uh, the spot. Oh. Um, and um, is there room for STA to accredit a um, a women's health specialist certification? Okay, well, Gary... He's probably um, going to pretend that he's, uh, he's gone to eat. No, no, no. Gary's actually said he's <laughs> going to give you a call. He is says he? down here, I'll bring it up. I definitely think we need a return visit. Um, I'll be in touch with you, Jenny, Friday at one thirty. Oh, oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Okay, then. I'm he's listening. Saying, you're not doing anything else Friday at 1 30 are you um i think oh get up no 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 that's my massage time i'm ah, not, you see, I'm not available at 1 on friday <laughs> no way you're getting in there gary i'm afraid um, um but, you know i do think that that this is important because um a lot of the therapists male and female are working with women and there's that whole journey from um, you know, the perinatal phase, pregnancy, postnatal, but that you might think, okay, I, I would only do that education if I really wanted to specialise. But, you know, I don't know. I think everybody's working with those over 50 women mm -hmm. and they haven't really got a label on them. You know, they're not pregnant, they're not postnatal, but everybody's working with those women and everybody's dealing with women who've got frozen shoulder and heel pain and knee pain and the gluteal tendinopathies. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, why is there not a certificate, a women's health certificate attached to, you know, these sports therapy certifications? That's a good point. Gary will be in touch. Yeah, I'm sure. He will, or I'll be in touch. <laughs> or else, yeah, I won't wait chat. for Gary to come to me. I think I'll, I'll be in touch. His address is on the website, so yeah, you know where he lives. <laughs> um, Becky's uh, made a lovely comment at the end here um, to draw it to a close. I question how I am female in my 30s and yet know very little about the menopause. Education must change. It's a good one, our Becky. It's oh, true, isn't it? Yeah, but don't feel bad, Becky, because, you know, I, when I was in my 30s, I, I was working with women who were going through menopause, you know, and um, just saying, do you want the heated blanket? And they're going, no. <laughs> and not want, I'm wondering why they wouldn't want the heated blanket. I think we all, we, we've all done that. But, um, you know, if you're asking the question now in your 30s, that, that's great. You know, I never asked that question until I was in my late 40s. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. OK, look, it's 10 past nine. I promised I'd let you at nine. Uh, Gary has said, Jenny, I have an idea which I'd like to run by you anyway. I'll DM you tomorrow. So Gary's yeah. taking it very seriously. Um, yeah. and, and there you go. Right, um, Jenny. So, uh, if people have been listening to the podcast and they want to get in touch with you or read, is, is your website the best kind of portal to contact you? And 
Yeah, or just um, are you, you're allowed to DM me. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can DM. Or oral education, just um, just send me a message. And if anybody, we do have a menopause course, of course. Mm. Um, but you know, if you've got any questions or you want a signposting to where you can get help for your clients, then I'm really happy to do that. Yeah, just send and me. what about this third age woman? Tell me a little bit of that before you. I'll let you go. Oh, I love that. So um, this is our our bestseller at the moment. Um, it's a, an online certification for any wellness professional who is working with women in the transition. And if you are also a movement professional, then that other course that comes along with it is a menno strength is a is a movement course. But ultimately, the third age woman is very much about. Um, women's uh, women sorry anyone serving women who really needs to know who really wants to know how to address the issues of women going through that transition it sounds it's good sounds good <laughs> fantastic okay then all right well jenny um thank you so much um for giving up your time um Gary's going to be in contact with you. Um, I'm going to say goodbye to the people here who have joined us live, but you stick around. Don't be clicking any buttons yet because I'd like to say thank you to as well once we go off air. Um, Melissa, oh, yeah, the Facebook. Um, I've had a dip in and out of there, and Melissa has said the Barrel Education Facebook group is fantastic, so pretty active on Facebook. Yeah, um, Becky Owl says, I'll be booking for your course, one of your courses, Jenny. Thank you so much. Thank and you. And thanks for joining us, Anne. Good to see you. Wonderful session. Thank you very much. Um, so there we go. As always, thanks, people, for joining us live, especially as tonight was on YouTube and not on Facebook. I don't think it made much difference, actually. I think, um, well, let me know, actually, in the comments or email me whether YouTube was difficult for you or whether it was just as the same. Um, it's always interesting to know uh, which of the platforms you find easier to join us through. But it all seemed to work very well. So thank you for your patience. Um, we will be back next week. Uh, keep an eye on uh, social media, whether it's myself at One Chat Live or uh, the STA, which is generally the UK underscore STA on Instagram or Sports Therapy Association on Facebook. Um, yeah, follow us if you're not an STA member um, and you can keep in contact with what's coming up. We'll be back next week at the same time, 8 o'clock on the Tuesday, continuing our month um, of women's health. Um, so look out um, for details of that. Um, but as far as now, I'll just say once again, thank you um, to uh, Jenny Burrell of Burrell Education for giving us the time. And um, yeah, we'll see you all next week, people. So take care. You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast. Let's talk about it.